podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Lucy Cecil. And I'm Olivia Taylor. Hi, Olivia. Hi. There you are. Here I am. What have you been longing for this week? Oh, well, what have I been longing for this week? It's been a bit of a long hard week to yeah. be honest so i've been longing for the end of it for the most part um <laughs> and but, here we are and here we are um it's it's saturday night as you can tell we are not doing anything exciting <laughs> we're on a wild one yeah. <laughs> a wild one inside in our homemade uh recording studio cushions abound yeah we're literally surrounded by 1000 sofa cushions <laughs> and this is our attempt at a professional podcasting studio yeah. experience it's, it's called it's called muffling that's yeah. what i've heard it's called muffling so hopefully so. the sound will be crisp and yeah. but not uh, too crisp no not too crisp <laughs> that's the point of the cushions <laughs> well it will be maybe better than last week's yeah hopefully um although we did have an absolute mare re-getting two microphones which is what we had aimed to do have a microphone each be very professional about it i got mine got the exact same one as olivia Thought it was going to go well. We spent about an hour thinking that we couldn't make it work before we figured out that, well, if we think, the one that I'd bought is just broken. <laughs> yeah, and um, some some context as well. We spent the last hour and a half looking up um, tech videos on YouTube Ooh. by um, especially a lovely guy called Shannon. Yeah, And we noticed this quite bizarre trend that with these self, not self-help videos, but help videos, tutorial videos or whatever mm. that they always give you like way too much um, more information than you actually need and it's not about what your problem is no. it's about their life it's about them yeah <laughs> it's about them they've they've uh, not learned that the most important thing of being a teacher is that it's not about you um and it's very much about them and uh they're just as you said they very much like the sound of their own voice yeah. so not that we can talk considering we're making a podcast <laughs> well but... anyway their their help videos didn't really get us anywhere so here we are back with one mic and we're just gonna have to see see how it goes we did look up booking out a podcast studio but that's 66 pounds an hour so until we get some great hashtag spawn we're just gonna leave that where it is aren't yeah we? until squarespace come rolling in we're gonna have to uh stick or, with the, the cushions ooh, yeah squarespace or me undies and <laughs> um, if you could be sponsored by anyone yeah. or you could get basically if this podcast could be sponsored by anybody who would you want it to be sponsored by right like i don't want to you know beat an old horse or whatever as they say you know the, you know the idiots <laughs> but obviously greg's yeah i mean greg's <laughs> after last week if you haven't listened to last week's episode go back and um, hopefully by the time this goes out we'll be fully legitimized on itunes but um we until that break. time yeah just go to um podbean.com forward slash queer longing and you'll find it there um but we were talking quite a lot about greg's last week and how my new year's resolution I wanted it to be one that I actually liked and it's to go to Greg's more. Yeah. So we would Therefore, love to be sponsored by Greg's. Hashtag spawn from Greg's. Yeah. Amazing. That would be, that would be really, you know, really cool. And it suits like, you know, where we are, what we're about, <laughs> <laughs> the queers. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Greg's or, um, yeah, Greg's. What about you? Maybe like something a bit cool, like Diva Cup. What's Diva Cup? Like a like moon cup. Oh, I've never heard of diva cup. Oh right, well it's just okay, the same, just another one. The same yeah. Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like um, thinks. <laughs> or like diva, think, diva, think diva magazine made that makes yeah, their own exactly. cup. <laughs> like a diva magazine mug. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I mean I'm, to be fair, that would be good. That but. would be good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, peer, like period underwear. Yeah, period underwear. Um, what else? Uh, so I, I, I think it's good to say these things out into the universe. We're manifesting so that mm. when the time comes, mm. we are emotionally available to receive all of this spawn. Dempsey's in Sheffield. Oh, the yeah. one and only gay club. Yeah, Dem so we, um, Lucy and I both went to uni at um, University of Sheffield. Correct. And there is one gay club singular. there. Singular gay club there called Dempsey's. And I encourage you to Google image that. <laughs> At your own convenience. It basically at your own risk. Yeah, your own risk. It basically looks like um a glorified corner shop news agents. But it's so much more. Oh, it's everything. And it is literally next door to a fruit well it used to be what used to be a like fruit and veg grocers. Dempsey's did. Yeah. So you used to like get get to like five, five thirty in the morning, like stumbling out of Dempsey's. Um and you could just like buy an orange. <laughs> <laughs> Get some bitsy. 
tackle the hangover straight on. God knows we would have needed it. <laughs> That's so. what the gay quarter is all about in uh, Sheffield. But yeah. I don't know. It's not. It's not a fruit and veg place anymore, unfortunately. But yeah, spawned by Dempsey's would be great. It would be okay. And um, other than Greg's sponsorship, what is it that you are longing for this week, Lucy? Well, like like you, I feel like it's been a particularly long week, and I'm 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 longing for the 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 budding <laughs> flowers of spring. Aww. I am I am done with winter. That's a lovely thing to yeah, long for. Am, is it, have am. you looked at my hyacinths? Is that what? Yeah, this, uh... I just came in, saw the hyacinths, and I thought, oh, I'm all I'm all overcome. <laughs> <laughs> I just I want I I am sick of. Not so much cold. I'm just, we were discussing this today. I was discussing with my cousin that I'm not bothered about like it being a bit cold. I just, I'm so sad that there's not enough sun. I know. I need sun. I yeah. need it. Seasonal affective disorder is so, so real. so real. Um, yeah, definitely. I've got some daffodils and some hyacinths in here trying to cheer me up. But I think as well, not only is it the weather, but it's also financially such a struggle yeah, exactly. at this time of year. Yep. You've got that hangover of everything from Christmas. Yeah. And, holidays are really far away and yeah. it's just it's it's a hard yeah. time and i don't get paid till the actual last day of the month which is not till next thursday yeah. so it's like oh and you're paid in the middle of the month so like it's different for you as well i know but like a lot of people i feel were paid yesterday and were like well payday and i was like mm, not payday no it's, it's not it's not fair to do it like that they should definitely do it before the weekend it's just rude no it's rude isn't it um but yeah no i just really feel like i'm 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 harking for spring like i the other day i had had a bit of like a daydream where i was like imagining myself like you know like the time when you can first feel the sun on your face in the year yeah and i had like a daydream about that and like it being all golden and lovely and i was like and i I got like giddy like phantom vitsy giddiness yeah (laughs) yeah um have you have you thought much towards um summer and any holiday plans um well we're planning to do a little holiday aren't we to barcelona maybe oh, yeah, yeah, yeah barcelona. So that'd be really good yeah um i've got a week booked going to devon with my family which will be really nice but that's in april so it could be freezing still yeah or it could be quite nice you can take some brisk nice beach time. walks yeah it'll still be really nice probably a bit more sun so i'll be good yeah um what else i want to i want to go like on loads of like little holidays this year like at least like trying to go to like a bunch of places definitely want to go to italy somewhere again i'm not sure where but went to italy last year for the first time and loved it what about you um well just just barcelona so far i think yeah. maybe if i can scrape the money together i might try and go to canada back to my oh, homeland so you got alma mater yeah <laughs> yeah um so it that that might be nice to do but um we'll just have to kind of see what happens and then um we just booked in a lovely little 30th weekend this is going to be the year of everybody turning 30 it so it's just going to be 30 years weekend it? away weekend away yeah weekend, weekend away. after weekend dirty weekenders yeah um but that'll be really exciting. That will be nice. Um, That's in Margate. And I've always wanted to go to Margate. I have. So, and yeah. isn't Margate, like, secretly quite a queer place to go? I think so. It has, like, a embedded queer history. Yeah, because I follow loads of, obviously, loads of lesbians. And obviously. they all seem to be congregating in Margate. And I thought, is this a thing? Did Sarah Waters write a book based here? I don't even think she did. Like, they should all be congregating in... Well, I guess Margate is along the coast of like Kent, which is the oyster, the shocking, oyster, yeah. all, them, all them oysters near Whitstable, near Whitstable, i.e., pulling all the lesbians down there. Yeah, can't help it. Well, you know, fingers crossed, eh? Pool. Fingers yeah. crossed, <laughs> oysters uh. crossed. <laughs> So off the topic now of sun, sea and sand, unfortunately, but onto what you are living for this week. What has been giving you all that delicious queer life this week? Right. Well, I'd say that um, I've had a lot of like long days at work. So I've been doing a lot of listening to music, stuff like that. I've been really trying to uh, delve into some proper queer like pop tunes, trying to like imagine myself as if we were out having a great time Yeah. because I'm not yeah. and I can't afford to. <laughs> So just recreate like it in the, the office. The methadrone version of it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. of having fun. <laughs> exactly. And obviously, Ariana Grande dropped her new her new tune this week, Seven Rings. Oh, yeah. Have you listened to it? Yeah. And what I obviously love about it is that they have sampled from The Sound of Music. What could be queerer? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> such a such a seminal movie for the, for the queers is Sound of Music, or at least we believe it is. I mean, I'm, I, I mean, certainly I'm, do. I'm fairly sure it is. Yeah. My cousin has made noises about moving to Austria and she asked me, what do, what do I know about Austria? And I was like, well, Sound of Music. So yeah. I'm there. That's, I'll be there. That's it. If you want me to come visit, yeah. let's go on the tour. And Pedal some bikes around. Oh my God. Captain Von Trapp. Yes, mm. please. But it's so strange. Georg. So like, 
exactly gay up so i've had this i've had this conversation with quite a lot of my straight friends yeah. okay about um captain von trapp yeah because i i'm in love with him well yeah he naturally he is the absolute pinnacle of everything that is sexy to me mm. in a man if i were to want that. partake yeah so <laughs> if you were to dip a toe yeah exactly into the into the von trapp waters <laughs> So I've had this conversation with loads of my friends and have have expressed my love for him Mm. and they just don't get it. So what is it that we all love about Captain Von Trapp that does just not seem to translate over? So these are straight friends of yours? Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't... I mean, I'm I'm gobsmacked because I don't get it because I think he's so sexy too. I know! (laughs) I know! Honestly, he's like... Stern but kind. Yeah. He's in a uniform. <laughs> what are you going to say? He's in a union. <laughs> Love a man who's the part of a union. Yeah, fighting, fighting for, the for workers' rights. <laughs> Well, Captain Von Trapp actually was a man of the people. That is true. So and we love it. Yeah, and we that, love it. That, we're all about that. That is a sexy yeah. thing about him. I don't know. Yeah, the and I do think actually the um, I've found like th- most of my queer friends like someone in a uniform. Really? Yeah. That is a thing. Is that, is that a general thing though as well? Obviously there's uniformdating.com. I don't know if that still exists. Yeah, does it? Wait, I'm going to look. Does it still exist? Uniformdating.com, are you still a thing? Because I know that's like obviously like a bit of a trope of like someone being sexy is there if they're in a uniform. Yeah. But I do feel like queers especially love someone in a uniform. Do we like, maybe we like a bit of uh, authority? Yeah, maybe. And I think that like you're probably likely to have a fairly interesting job if it requires a uniform, maybe? Yeah, maybe. So maybe that's something. Although, I've worn a uniform my jobs previously, and that's when I worked at Tesco Express. No tea, no shade. So, yeah, no, I mean, actually, quite a nice job. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked in Sainsbury's Cafe as well. Oh, yeah? So I've had a little bit of that flavour flavor. <laughs> a little bit of uniform time. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember my my outfit was like, I had to wear like a hairnet, and um, I had to wear... Um, a blouse that was blue and was covered in oranges. Oh, sounds great. Yeah, the blouse was quite cool, but then completely undercut by the hairnet. <laughs> and this is quite a queer outfit, okay? So it's like straight leg pants. Nice. The shirt with the oranges on, mm-hmm. right? Um, steel toe cap boots <laughs> um, for safety in the kitchen. And then a hairnet, not so hot, but then a plastic netted trilby. No. Yes. Yeah. 100% no, yes. No, 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 no. I never got the gay trilby. Because that is a thing, right? <laughs> it's such, such a thing. Such a thing. And, and sort of, like you said earlier, we're talking about the trilbies that came up. You said it's a bit of a rite of passage. It really is. But it's still something that I feel like a lot of people are still are still doing. It hasn't yeah. been left in the past as much as I would personally like it no, to have been. No, me neither. And I was on... I t- never wanted it in any form of present, past or future. Well, I was on Tinder and I won't say when, but um, <laughs> I... Uh, and it may have been mine, it may have been someone else's, who knows. But um, I saw somebody <laughs> who was wearing a trilby and they put as like a disclaimer on their bio mm. that... MB. That they, they they may be wearing one of their trilbies from their collection. Like, if you were to go on a date with them. Like, this is part of their MO sort of thing. Oh. Okay, well, if you've got a collection and it's a bit of your MO, I'm I'm more on board with it. I'm really? Just, I'm not on board with, like, a casual trilby. Oh, just you, throwing you want, one you on every a, now and then. A committed if, trilby If you're committed wearer. to it and you've got a bunch, then you're obviously passionate about the trilby. See, I think that's worse. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I think things done with conviction are are always better. I would prefer an unfortunate accident because then <laughs> then you have hope for the future. Oh, I just happened to get it free from a promoter, yeah. etc. Or you've just you've just done a, a bad fashion choice. Whereas if you're committed yeah. to that trilby life, then you're stuck with a girlfriend with 30 trilbies. Right. So yeah. you're you're screwed. One for every day of the month. <laughs> Yeah. Every other one. Apart from if there's a 31 day month, yeah, exactly. and then that's like a freestyling day where maybe you would wear two trilbies. Like a beret. Oh. But also. A constant hat, though. I have reacquainted myself with a beret recently. You have. And I have to it's say. It's gone well. It, I, th- I think it's gone really well. And I absolutely just love myself in it. Yeah, well, we I all f- love you in it too. I feel like a gorgeous artist. You are. Thank you. Yeah, I need some paintbrushes. Um. <laughs> So, um, 
so sorry, we were talking about Seven Rings and yeah. we were talking about Sound of Music, weren't we? Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I've been sort of living for. I've been listening to Seven Rings quite a lot and like it's getting me through, it's got me through the week. What have you been living for? What queer bits have you been soaking up? Well, music wise, nothing that queer, unfortunately. I've been, I've been, because I've been in my feelings, I've been listening to a lot of Ryan Adams. Yeah. But actually, there is a queer link to this. So, um, I don't know if you follow Sally Cohn. So she is um, a political pundit commentator okay. person in America. Right. And obviously I'm in love with her. I think she's amazing. She's married though. And um, she has a teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. And anyway, um, obviously, as I told you, I was in my feelings. And then I was on Instagram and she posted um, a video of her and her daughter and so she was playing the guitar and the daughter was singing along to ryan adams probably one of his more famous songs when the stars go blue Mm. and um they were just both like you know doing the song together as a duet and then she said oh if that video gets so many likes or whatever i'll basically bully my daughter into doing one now like sort of as a joke and then obviously everyone liked it and then she did it and it was so cute and how old is she now the daughter probably like 13 oh okay right um still not quite old enough to be like embarrassed enough to be like mom i'm not fucking no like they like loved each other i know i was literally just like crying what Watching it and then that just made me want to listen to ryan adams all week who i just really love anyway so that was kind of um a bit of a queer music moment for me this week um and in terms of other like pop culture bits grace and frankie's back on netflix it's I fifth season i've never watched grace and frankie i don't know anything about it really oh really yeah tell me what what What's, I don't even know the premise. I just have seen like people watching it. Okay, so the premise is... So it's Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, right? You Jane know, Fonda. Yeah. Nice. You know those huns. Yeah, I know them. And obviously Lily Tomlin is um, a lesbian in real life and one of like, you know, one of the first sort of prominent out gay um, yeah. comedians. And she's just amazing. So it's the, it's the two of them. And basically it starts the first series that like they um each are married to men who are in um a a partnership together at a law firm and anyway you find out literally in the first five minutes that they've been in love for like 35 years the two husbands and so they then tell their respective wives and just say you know these are our twilight years we don't want to waste any more time like we're in love like soz by basically and then jane fonda and lily tomlin are sort of left to deal with that kind of thing and then it's about how they sort of forge this friendship as two really different characters and how they sort of navigate this new life which is completely alien to them because obviously they are dealing with you know the fact that their husbands who they thought you know they were obviously in a marriage with it wasn't what they thought and um getting over all of that and sort of grieving that but also identity wise being like well who am I now at the age of, you know, 70 plus. And so it follows just that process basically. But I was reading an article about this fifth series, um, which said that it's like the most queer one of all um, that there have been so far, which I think is really great because there's this part where um, the, the Jane Fonda's character admits to the other one that she's never been on a sleepover before. So they kind of like do this sleepover and then Jane Fonda's character, um, well, Lily Tomlin's character is like playing like truth or dare. And it basically comes out that Jane Fonda's character, um, is bisexual Ah. and she had relationships with women when she was younger and things like that, but it wasn't really done in a really sort of overly salacious way. No, no. It was, just... it, it was quite nice because it was just sort of like a matter of fact mm. um, sort of telling of it. And um, yeah, I, I thought I thought that was like a really nice way to do it. And um, also RuPaul cameos in it. So you can't get much better than that. <laughs> um, he plays um, Nicole Richie's agent slash estate agent. Nicole Richie's in it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah she plays some like pop store or something but anyway it's in its fifth series so you'd have quite a lot to catch up on but i would recommend it okay. as like if uh yeah if i was looking for something yeah 
Well, that moves quite nicely, actually, into what I've been consuming this week. So I started watching on Netflix as well, um, Sex Education. Oh, yeah. Which is their new, one of their new, like, next Netflix originals. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's British, um, and it's set, like, in, and just for some background, it's, like, about teenagers, which I always love. Like, as one of my friends once said, we asked him what his favourite genre of, like, movie was, and he said high school. And I <laughs> very much agree with that. <laughs> Um, oh my god that is such a genre right? I never thought high about school. that before yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very much high school which I like okay. um, yeah because you like Riverdale and stuff like yeah, that yeah exactly but this is like British high school so it's like even better so it's a bit more like um, uh, at home um, and it's basically about like this young boy who's like I think he's 16 and he's uh, his mum who's played by Gillian Anderson who is hello yes that's all I'll say about that yeah um, uh, she's a sex therapist Oh my god! Um, and like, uh, he's like embarrassed by that kind of like. Oh, I'm, I'm a 16 year old. My mom's a sex therapist. No one, no one needs. Don't. I hope no one ever finds out. Blah blah blah. I mean, it would be the worst if you were born and your mum was Gillian Anderson because then you would be related to Gillian Anderson, so you couldn't date Gillian Anderson. Yeah, which is not a position I want to be in. It's not no. a position I'd want to be no. in either. Although, like, it's highly unlikely that I'll ever meet Gillian Anderson. No, but, but I just want to know that I, I could. If it came to it, you would be able to. Yeah, on morally. a te- on a technicality. On a technicality, me and Gillian Anderson could, could date. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Great, can't wait. <laughs> That's gonna be my goal for next week. Okay. It'll be mine the week after. <laughs> New girlfriend, Gillian Anderson. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so she's a sex therapist um, and he's a bit like a little bemused by it all. Uh, and uh, he he like has, pro- he can't like wank or anything because he's like has loads of like pent up things about sex, which I think is to do with the fact that his mom's a sex therapist. Okay. Um, and she's always like shagging like loads of men and stuff. And right. Being dead, so he, like he, sexually free. He can't separate his own sexuality from all No, that's what it seems that. like. Yeah. Um, but the, <laughs> the, uh, the only problem I have with this program is that they, they live in the most like the stupidly nicest house in the entire world <laughs> it's in like this beautiful like valley and god knows where in england okay. and it's like this amazing it looks almost um scandinavian or like new englandy style like big red wooden house well i, I do it's imagine stunning. that that is where i would live with jillian anderson <laughs> so it makes sense to me it's all part of the jillian dream yeah. so um yeah uh and uh so he, yeah, so he lives there with his mom, and he finds it very difficult to have a mom who's a sex therapist. But he sort of all within the first episode, he starts school like a new year, and um, some somebody else finds out that his mom's a sex therapist. Blah blah, blah and they decide that he's going to start giving sex therapy to all the kids at school. Okay, um, and it's like dead funny because he's like a bit of like a geeky like yeah. character, or whatever. So it gives him like a bit of a voice in the school. I've only watched like two episodes, but um, uh, it's it's really good. And what I wanted to say, um about it from a queer perspective is his best friend is um like a gay a gay guy yeah um and he is played so wonderfully and it's not like in your face it's not the fact that he's gay isn't like a problem there's no like issues with it he just is a gay character within yeah. the school and stuff and like like you said with a uh, uh grace, and, grace frankie. and frankie it's um it was like refreshing to see that like it was just a part of the narrative yeah, and, yeah. and in a it's sense, not like just the there. whole the whole movie is about that and then he dies at the end yes exactly yeah. yeah um and i read an interesting article in dazed actually um about this because he's not only a uh, gay character he's also west african and um jason okunde has written about it and said that it's like a really refreshing view of both a queer character and a West African character okay. in that he both lives his gay life and his African like heritage, like in a really refreshing way. And actually I'll just, I'll just uh, read something that Jason wrote because I thought it was, puts it perfectly in a way that I could not and would not try to because it's not my lens to do that through. So Akunde writes, by refusing to solely frame him through this lens of shame, the writers of sex education provide space for Eric to experience and express a multiplicity of moods and emotions. So in that sense, his his gayness and his uh, African heritage are not just all that he is about, and, it, and especially with his queerness, it allows him to be a character who is not just gay. That's not his sole purpose and not his sole, like interesting piece about him like so he's able to also have all the other things that a teenage character would have so like interesting love stories and um you know he's bullied and like but not for being gay just for like he just is there as i because he's a geek basically so it's like a really refreshing way of it just being like yeah he's a gay character whatever like it's fine and that's really nice 
as is another quote that he's written in this article eric which is the character's name eric resolutely affirms to young queer people watching that while there is no undermining the fact that your identity and aesthetic are tied to the reality of your safety there is strength and joy to be found in living as your true queer self um i haven't got all the way through the series but i know that there's an incidence of uh homophobic violence later on right um and i think that the way that it's dealt with is that he um as much as it affects him he ends up being able like being able to overcome it and still very much be like this is who i am and come out of it as really proud yeah in a sense and that it's dealt with very well and i just thought that it, it, it just is such a nice program and it's it's really like building up to be something that yeah it's not just like sort of silly or like um a bit funny or whatever because it is funny but it also i think it's quite like realistic and of like interactions of just teenagers being teenagers it it, it's it's really it's really interesting that whole idea about um you know striving to be your authentic self and your authentic queer Mm. self and you know obviously everybody hates the the term journey to describe you know this process that we go through but for want of a better phrase Mm. that's kind of not to speak for everybody but I'm sure that I probably could to a degree and say that everybody has some kind of journey or relationship to their own identity and it was funny because you and I were talking about that a little bit last night um we went to um a Burns Night party last we night. Um, so that was very nice. But um, it was basically all people that, that we didn't know. It's just somebody in um, the building who invited me to a party who I know a bit. So yeah. everyone else there was um, completely new. So obviously a lot of... Stranger danger? A lot of stranger danger. <laughs> no, like just um, just a lot of introductions and a lot of, you know, yeah. who are you, what are you about kind small of thing. Chats. Yes, all that sort of introductory small talk. And we noticed the we noticed this this thing where um we were talking to all these different people and um we were actually talking about this podcast a lot and obviously the title of it is queer longing and we spoke about what we wanted this podcast to become and what it is now and where it's going and obviously talking about queer culture and queer pop culture a lot of the time and really you know sort of described it in under no uncertain terms that that's what it was about yeah and then i think was it i was talking about an ex an ex you were or talking something? about an ex um literally about two minutes two seconds after we'd just been finished talking about the podcast yeah it was about an ex yeah and then and then i said oh she blah 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 yeah and they said so bearing in mind i just i'd just given the pronoun yeah. and i'd just spoken about queer longing how we were doing a podcast all about yeah queer things. and then they said oh did he blah 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 yeah. oh did he this did did he that like is he still this is blah 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 and it was like what? yeah and it was so weird because obviously because of course um you know queer can encompass anything really and you could be you know i could be a, yeah it's a, a great a, umbrella term yeah i could be a cis woman still queer going out with someone who has him pronouns or whatever but that was just wasn't the point like i'd literally said you had said the pronoun and they still had the base just assumption that yeah must be straight or had must have been dating a man yeah at that point yeah and i was just so surprised because i was like i don't know I think what? we both went. We both sort of went. Uh, yeah, like, did like I, a, don't, I, don't, I didn't. I didn't really know like what more information I could have. I could have given, but we both spoke about how that whole first interaction, no matter how much of a seasoned queer person you are, <laughs> I think queer veteran. Yeah, um, how sometimes it can be quite. Um, quite difficult to navigate those conversations sometimes even if you know you feel that ostensibly you're really comfortable and proud of your identity just when you feel outnumbered or a little bit alienated it can be you know 10 years on 15 years on 30 years on yeah under certain circumstances still quite difficult and definitely um yeah I, I I was quite taken aback last night by that whole situation and how i felt about it and how i sort of dealt with it in that moment yeah no it's it's still such a tough thing and i think when people it's that classic thing of like when people ask you like oh when did you come out how was your coming out blah 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 and it's like well i'm still coming out yeah all the time to everyone any person i meet high school never ends (laughs) 
um it it is that thing of you know you start a new job you meet a bunch of new people like we did last night and you instantly have this thought and I don't this probably isn't for everybody but it is for me I experience a sort of um apprehension that I know at some point I'm going to have to out myself as it were and not not that I'm not proud to be gay etc it's just that it's a thing that I know even now people might still have a reaction to or or, or even if there's no reaction to that it's the fact that like just in like what happened to you that they could still assume the wrong thing or that people are going to assume the wrong thing about me would does quite upset me like it would yeah um and also sometimes you just can't be bothered, you know, with all of the, you know, if, if, if there are questions or if there's any kind of follow up. Sometimes I just want to have an interaction with a new person where there isn't all of that follow up. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, that would be really nice. Yeah. Um, so, and, yeah. And with a lot of people, there isn't. And it's just, the, you know, you just say it and it's whatever. Yeah. And they just continue. But like, I think especially in sort of workplaces and stuff like that, when I started my new job, Two years ago, I was sort of like, oh, I'm going to have to slowly break this, break the ice or whatever. Yeah. And um, just slowly bring it into conversation. And I had no idea how they were going to react because it's a very small office. I didn't know what they were going to, what, what their sort of feelings were towards um, queerness, etc. So I remember being like sort of treading around it for a long time and then being annoyed with myself for treading around it. Yeah. Because I was like, why don't I just say it? Well I think I think the thing is is that, you know, like like you've just said, oftentimes there are lots of conversations where there is no follow up and it, you know, it's just fine. But like you also said, it's just that apprehension of what could be. Because, yes. uh, because I think that most people have experienced like such a wealth of different reactions and it you you just sort of feel a little bit like you're walking into the lion's den a bit and like that lion could be super cute and nice or it could bite your head off you just never know exactly yeah um so I think I think it's just that and you have so many interactions like that and it, it can just get I suppose a little bit wearing but then obviously there's this situation where despite what despite what you say the the default was still sort of um bouncing back to to straightness in in this quite bizarre interaction yeah, it but was, it was bizarre um I totally agree and I think that's why taking it back to sex education it's so nice to see such an unapologetic character queer character which I think is great um and moving forward did you see obviously all the Oscar nominations were out this week yes yeah um, and taking it from the uh, small screen to the big screen, or or not, as the case may be. Did you see that one of the best picture nominations is Roma, which is a Netflix film? I've never seen that, nor do I know anything right. about it. So it's it's a film. Um, I can't remember who made it. Someone very famous. It's supposed, okay. it's supposed to be very good, okay. and I'd like to see it. Should we watch but, it now? Okay, we'll watch it now. We'll be back in about two, two hours. Because <laughs> <laughs> all films are two hours now. Um but it's a Netflix film, so it, it it was not released in the cinema. Yeah. So it's just straight to Netflix. Like, Much like Birdbath, as our friend calls it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's the Birdbath of the Oscars. Yeah. Um, but there's been this interesting um, conversation around that, about the fact that, like, should it be, should a film that is not cinema released be able to be up for a Best Picture nomination? Oh my God, yes. Okay. I wanted to get your opinion on it. See yes. what you thought. Yeah, because there's there's this there's the the worry that that people have a uh, voiced is that it's going to pull people away from the cinema and things like that, and that in the future all Oscar films are going to be just released on Netflix and other streaming services, and therefore we're going to lose the the art of cinema. No, will it? Ek? There's like <laughs> there's like um there's there's actually it's interesting because of as I've mentioned um my normal job i work at the bbc yeah so um somebody sent around an article this week actually about there's been a real significant uplift in um, people going to the cinema and um, oh really yeah it was something mad like 35 percent increase in the past couple of years that's loads but i can see that because i go to the cinema all the time yeah um and there's a well it's not it's not that new anymore i suppose but a relatively new big cinema theater complex in manchester called home um and that's just like a lovely best place cinema yeah experience and you know in london you've got like every man and all of those really nice ones and i think that you know 
it's it's the same as as anything that sort of works on these cycles right so people are going back to the cinema and they want to have that sort of high quality cinema experience and see things on the big screen of course but then people want to have the convenience of watching great films at home I think the two can completely coexist and it's kind of like how people have been buying record players and buying vinyl and you know why would we when we can have every you know anything millions of songs on spotify or itunes yeah but people don't want to because they want to have you know a certain experience Experience. of, of media so i think it's totally fine and if anything preferable because then the barrier to entry is much wider and financially they don't need to have all of that backing to be on at the cinema exactly and you know good stuff it'll be hard enough without that cinema exposure to even be in a position where you would get nominated for an oscar as it is so i really don't think it's gonna go that way and i also think that with make it having it so that like oscar nominated films are available on streaming services etc or are made for streaming services it makes it far more accessible like yeah. you say there are lots of people who can't get to the cinema or can't afford to go to the cinema mm. but might have a netflix subscription yeah. or whatever and they might have they some can, kind of disability they, might, they can't yeah, get there exactly or and, it, and it means that you don't you can still see what are supposed to be as it were inverted commas the best films yeah um of the year um but they are, are on different formats i don't see the problem with it at all but a lot of people have been up in arms I would you believe i just think that's so stupid people love to be up in arms though they do yeah. arms up <laughs> um yeah no i think i think that's a really actually a, a positive thing so that's very interesting that people have been um annoyed about it right so that's films have you been uh reading anything this week well as you know or... i've still got my 30 before oh, 30 going yes. how's um, it going yeah well i'm on mm, i'm on book six yes now yes absolutely pumping them out (laughs) Um, ripping pages so i just finished this morning um vox um have you heard of that book not particularly only because you mentioned it to me but i don't actually really know about it okay so it's yes it's called vox it's by christina dolcher or dolker i'm not sure how you pronounce her surname but anyway she wrote this book and it's kind of like the handmaid's tale sort of type premise so it's set in kind of a modern day dystopian what was formerly the u.s sort of similarly to the handmaid's tale and it's set in washington and the situation is that you know shit's got real and all of the women have been fitted with um these counters which are like bracelets that they can't take off which limits them to only be able to speak a hundred words a day what the fuck yeah um and honestly it was so So they can can, like tweet once a day out their mouths yeah basically yeah (laughs) one tweet a day one tweet a day and honestly it was it was so scary reading it and especially under sort of current political circumstances it was just wild because they always say that the best sort of dystopian literature are the things that you could see happening yeah, the things that you feel you can almost touch that yeah almost, you're almost there you're on the edge of it and it just feels sort of like one step removed mm. and it was really really disturbing reading it but a really gripping read and she actually says um at, at the end in the epilogue bit yeah that um she you know says oh i hope you enjoyed reading the book but also that it made you angry and it definitely did oh okay yeah it definitely did and it just is just such an interesting um concept for a book i thought and i love dystopian literature i so. love the dystopian literature and actually a really good queer dystopian book mm-hmm. which you should read i'll let you i'll lend it to you yeah is black wave by michelle t oh i've never read it's that. really good it's super queer set in like really queer like late 80s early noughties early noughties early 90s yeah. maybe uh i can't really actually remember what it is uh san francisco starts off and it's like this is really queer character she's got loads of supremely queer friends and it's like just really good and then it begins to uh, be like the end of the world is sort of bubbling in the background and it's really like it's not so it's not fully about like the dystopia around it's more like just a general character story okay but with like a dystopia uh, sort of apocalypse happening in the background oh. and it's really good like really really good and then she moves to la and like works in a bookshop but the world's ending and like it's on, on re- one of the best books wow. i read last year i will um it's quite old but i will lend it to you yeah it's it's, it's great because it's both dystopic which we love 
and queer, which we love. Nice. So. There, there is um, there is um, a lesbian character in Vox. Um, Great news. Who, yeah, um, and I really enjoyed her char- her character because she is the one that saw all of this coming. You know, right. the end of the world. She knew she was out. You know, at rallies, organizing all of these events. Mm, prophetic. She, yeah, yeah, and she was kind of leading that. Um, resistance mm. and um yeah she she was like a really good character in it but i would highly recommend that book and now i am reading reasons stay alive by matt haig which mm-hmm. is oh god it's so um it's so visceral and so so intense it's it's a great book and i am compelled to sort of keep turning the page yeah but you know you you do feel the weight mm. of everything that he's been through as yeah. as you read it and it's really tough to kind of not um sort of internalize some of those um feelings and experiences that he talks about yeah. with his um depression and mental health issues but i think it's like such an important book that it's been written and, and will be i'm sure such a useful um resource to a lot of people so all that, the main thing I know about that book is that it. I've seen so many tweets and articles and things about it that are people saying how it's helped them. Yeah. And therefore, it's a worthy yeah. piece it, of literature to it's, exist. It's, it's, so, it's so frank mm. and so um, specific in its anecdotes. But I think sometimes with specificity comes like a real universality to people who are reading it and obviously you might not have gone through the exact same thing yeah but there are parts of things that he was talking about and i was reading and sort of identifying with different elements of it in you okay. know in yeah. in a really sort of um profound way so um yeah I, i'm almost halfway through that because um it's not a massively long book yeah um but yeah i would i would recommend that as well um what have you been reading um, well, I finished, uh, if you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that I was reading Silver Moon. Oh, did you carry the, on with that? The menopausal werewolf. Yeah. yeah. You um, continued. I, d- I did. Wow. I finished. I finished. I turned the last page on that bloody book. And was it worth it? And, and I put it, and I jokingly put it in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to the person who bought it for me. Um, Side but, note, I don't think I could ever throw a book in the bin. No, it was, it, well, it was the paper recycling. It was, a, and it was a joke. No, but, and I know it's a joke, but just the idea of it. Have you ever thrown a book in no, the bin? No, no, it was a, it was the first and last, I hope. Okay. Incidents of me having to throw a book in the bin. Yeah. But it was honestly, uh, yeah, I mean, it went on to be a wild ride. And uh, <laughs> eventually there was some lesbian kissing, which was oh, great. And I think they did end up together as well. Um, but you it was think? Sort of, well, it was left a bit open. Okay. So I, thought, was, I thought you'd like was... lost so much interest. You'd like, oh, they might have done. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I did finish it very, I did read it very swiftly okay. at the end. I sort of did a lot of uh, skipping the page. Yeah. Not skipping, but, you know, skimming. Um, and I gave it, for the first time ever, a grand total of zero on wow. the scale of one to five. <laughs> one on, to five. On Goodreads. <laughs> on, uh, on Goodreads, I gave no rating. And uh, on our, like, we have like a, a chart on the fridge, which is for our flat. And yeah. I gave it zero. Wow. And, um, it's a stark reminder to everyone to not read that book. Um, but uh, so I finished that and then I started reading Margaret Atwood's The Tent, which is like a collection of sort of sh- very short stories and sort of non-fictional essays. Um, and yeah, it was really good. I've, I finished that as well this morning um, and it's just like a nice little read. So I'm currently on the lookout for a new book. I'm hoping I want something queer. You gave me that White Houses actually. Yeah. So I might give that a read. Definitely. Yeah, you'll smash through that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of um, literature and authors, did you read Roxane Gay's um, interview in Playboy? I read a, I read most of it. I, actually, I might have read all of it. Yeah, I think I read all of it at work when I was really bored. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> on my lunch. To be honest, it's it's not it's not the most interesting article that's ever been written. I just thought it was cool that Roxane Gay was in Playboy, kind of. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, they they were asking her if she had. Um, if she had a regret, sort of like a recent regret about, right. you know, not speaking up about anything because she's so sort of she's open so and honest and, and forthright about so, her yeah. opinions. And she did say that she um, regretted not being more open about backing Hillary Clinton when she could have been and oh, okay. feels a lot of remorse about that. So I thought that was interesting that she um, was sort of vulnerable to uh, to mention that. And she was also talking a lot um, 
about well it kind of relates last week when we were talking about um the r kelly scandal yeah and about how um black women were having to take on the burden of all all of the issues surrounding yeah. that and roxanne gay said something that made me think about that again and she said it's women and marginalized people who consistently do things for the greater good and the greater good tends to be wildly um widely indifferent to that i think it's a personal choice to tell your own truth i think you don't have to mm. so that idea that you know marginalized people are always doing that that work yeah um, it all comes from the people who are the as it were persecuted the one, yeah, they're, the, they're the, the ones who have to do the work to make it different as opposed to yeah apart the, from, other than the, the, the people who are in a privileged position yeah who have all of this access and clout who are the ones who not, can make a difference yeah, easier yeah. in an easier way but uh won't do it and like we said last week and we will say probably for every episode for the rest of our lives that it's it's people making the effort to do the thing and a lot of people like you say if it's not in their interest or then it doesn't affect them they won't do it yeah well i think um, i'm probably going to get this quote a bit wrong but um and i think the quote was from something else but in that vox book i just read yeah there was um a quote pulled from somewhere that said um you know bad things happen when um good men just do nothing Right, I think I've heard that. And um, that just seems to have been this prevailing theme that's been in so many articles and literature and things that I have been consuming sort of all all of this year so far, that it's this sort of privileged apathy, which has got us into, you know, all of these situations. But it's almost like, yeah, got us into these situations. And then even worse, these situations all come out. And then it's you know the people who have been persecuted who then have to fight further to um, make change to make to yeah. make that change following that yeah. so um yeah it, it it was it was interesting that that she was calling that out as well i thought definitely i also wanted to um call out a cool podcast that I've been getting into this Oh, yeah, this great. Week. Love a wreck. Yeah, I posted it actually on our Instagram. If you're not following us, then please do. And um, we've made like four posts so far. Yeah, um, We're still little baby Instagrammers, but we're at Queer Longing. So please go um, comment, just yeah. uh, talk to us about Greg's. So we're down for any chat, basically. Um, but this podcast I, I put on there and it's called Unladylike. And it's by these two women, Canadian women, and it's a show that tells you what happens when women break the rules um, is how they describe it and I've listened to a couple so far and really enjoyed them and one of them um, was about abortion and different um, people's experiences around abortion and I thought it was really interesting because one of the stories was just so positive and I think that this whole rhetoric around abortion can be as you know as is true for a lot of people that it can be such a you know horrendous and terrible experience for loads of different reasons but also you know for a a lot of people it can be um you know a really positive affirming decision definitely um and whether or not whether or not you know it's a positive affirming decision the experience of it may not be that great for whatever reason maybe you don't have certain access to medical care or to pay a load of money or you know whether it's the right decision or not sometimes there are all these other factors around Mm. it but one of the stories was just really really positive and um you know she just said no regrets she had sex with a guy when she was 20 and yeah you know she got pregnant and then she just had this really positive abortion and yeah. i thought you rarely hear stories like that. yeah no it's good to hear that like sort of side of it being like and i was able to um take control of my situation and my body and do what i needed to do for yeah. me and, and, it, and, and it worked because and it i can yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and it worked yeah that's really yeah that sounds good and that that was listen that wasn't the only story that there was but i just thought that that particular one was um an interesting one to to call out to call out and there was also a really great um episode that they did all about um women and bicycles and about how when bicycles um came out for women and how there was this huge outcry up in arms people's (laughs) arms were in the air again um because women had this newfound freedom and they were able to travel and they weren't confined to their houses or their carriages which they had to request and they were had to be driven around by 
men and all of these things they could just literally get on a bike and have that independence and it really worried people at, Mm -hmm. at the time and it was as well as that it was like how do you um how do you position yourself physically on the bike right and yeah, there was of course. a lot of worry that um the saddle would be too pleasurable <laughs> honestly hysteria yeah and that <laughs> and that they didn't want that happening because you heaven know, for fen yeah women would be pleasured yeah so um it's this whole history around it and it was so interesting so i thought that is um that's a little gem to be aware yeah, of that sounds good um I'll when you finish listening it, to our listen. podcast yeah obviously course. don't don't do not pause right now to listen <laughs> to the unladen light podcast but please you listen to it at a later date yeah exactly <laughs> at, at your own convenience and you you're not, you're not going to switch off because what we're doing next, Olivia, is one of the most important things that people have been waiting for all week, I'm sure. Well, it's time for... Celine Watch. <laughs> what has Celine Dion, our absolute hun, been up to this week, Lucy? Do you know what? It's actually been like a really busy week for Celine. When, isn't it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. That woman. She's taking 2019 by a storm. Of course so, she is. Not only has she um, announced a... European show 2019 in Hyde Park this summer. Yeah. She's going to be playing the British Summertime Festival. I know. As a headliner. It's so Amazing. exciting. I mean, I'm not saying we should go, but I'm not saying we shouldn't. I know. I may or may not have had 56 different texts from people Amazing. telling me that she was headlining yeah. that festival. You're going to want to know. Um, I am going to want to know, <laughs> but I'm really glad that I've got my Celine watches out there. And obviously any Celine news that you see yeah. or hear ping, about ping it over. Instagrammers tweet us we're on Twitter now at yeah, Queer Longing at aren't we longing. you can email us at Queer Longing with your Celine watch yeah Queer Longing at gmail.com um, yeah we're all down for that Celine life so yeah so she's headlining at a festival yeah. isn't she and she's doing a few other bits and bobs hasn't well, she well she's been at Fashion Week in Paris okay and she's been I think really taking the city by storm by going out in some incredible outfits stunning and basically the Vogue have been doing an article every single time she has worn an outfit and <laughs> coming up with such wonderful headlines as okay celine dion is the most unlikely person to wear a prairie dress and she nails it whoa number two celine dion shuts down paris with 70s disco curls and a moulin rouge worthy mini dress oh my and God. my absolute favorite celine dion goes braless in kooky futuristic ensemble wow <laughs> and she looks utterly stunning we'll um we'll post all of these fabulous photographs on our yeah. instagram so that no you one's missing out them. here she's wearing what looks sort of like 3d glasses you wear in to the, the cinema. cinema yeah and she's clinging on to a door frame because i think she's wearing some 3d glasses and can't fucking i see just anything. think she's too just shook by her own majesticness <laughs> that she has to brace that door frame brace herself for herself yeah <laughs> i think that should be our mood of 2019 oh, having absolutely. to brace ourselves for ourselves brace yourself for yourself yeah good i'm, I'm there for it yeah so we'll yeah. Um, we'll post those that was a great celine watch this yeah. week lucy well done uh, yeah you're welcome thanks celine don't, um, yeah don't thank me thanks celine <laughs> of course every day <laughs> um but before we um love you and leave you goals for the next week how, how did you get on with your goal for last week right got my writing desk it is gorgeous you got the desk and i, I got s- the desk i saw um i saw a picture that you put up on instagram it looks divine it's honestly even better than i thought it could be when it i went to pick divine. it up i was like oh my god i love it i love it i love it got it home put it in the little bit where i wanted it the, the fucking sun came out and shone on it oh my really god. lost my like mind like a little baby angel desk yeah. and i just like kept stroking it just sitting at it like oh and it just made me want to be sat at a desk which like you you know usually i wouldn't so i'm hoping that eventually leads to doing some writing <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I i love it i'm so proud of like yeah. buying it and it think and it's really nice even if you don't write a thing at least you have a gorgeous new item of furniture, item of furniture. exactly for um, 30 quid what a yeah, steal absolute absolute steal and how was the whole process of going to pick it up and all that because i know that you were a bit nervous about that's quite an adult thing to go and yeah. pick something up from yeah macclesfield from macclesfield from some strangers yeah or who like i just know her name it was completely fine because i managed to take someone with me <laughs> in oh, the okay. end you brought reinforcements um, yeah i brought my sister's boyfriend who i live with because we dropped my little sister off at the airport she was going away for business mm. um so then i was like come with me to macclesfield and help with this test which more than anything thank god because He's really good logistically and helped me to be like, make sure we bring a load of cardboard and, and blankets to put down in the back of the car and we can like wedge it in so it doesn't rattle around and I stuff like that. I would never think and of like, that. Yeah, I bloody thought of that. No. And I was like, thank God you're here. 
And um, yeah, he helped me and also helped just lifting it up and stuff like that, which was quite, it's quite a cumbersome item. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was fine. We and the again, you don't have a lift, do you, in your flat? No, so no. So we to... had to get it up the stairs. Yeah. Um, the people we brought it off were so nice. They were lovely, and like it was just a really good and actually quite affirming like situation to actually just go and do it. Be like, actually, that was really nice and easy and really fun. And yeah. now I have this really nice item. A so positive feel transaction. Good about it. Yeah. No, it was really good. What about you? Did you get any? Uh, things done at your grandma's house i did actually i um got rid of a bunch of stuff but also i have quite a lot of bags now um of things that i want to try and sell on depop do you have any depop oh, experience do i have the <laughs> the deep dive on depop yeah no, do I, you? no I don't all oh, right well there's, there's a girl at work and she sells things on depop and she gets I things think it's on quite depop. easy yeah and i look i've downloaded the app that's yeah. how far yeah. i've kind of I've got. One. yeah um but I have um, at my mum's house, you know, like um, like a like a dummy uh, to put clothes on. Mannequin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have one of one of those. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna bring that to the flat, and oh, then be... I can take yeah. pictures of it on that. So I'm hoping to try and get you know some Barcelona money yeah. by selling things on Depop. I don't think that's my goal for next week. I feel like it's more <laughs> of a long term goal. Yeah. So what is your goal for next week then? Um, well, my goal for at some point next week, which hopefully we'll do tomorrow, would be to go out walking. Oh, um, I okay. feel like I've been really um, sedentary and it's gro- yeah. it's grossing me out a bit. You want to do a nice walk. So I want to do a nice walk, get some fresh air. And you know that feeling that you get when you go on a walk for ages and then you come back and you have a cup of tea and you're like bone tired? It's the best. I want that. I love that feeling. Yeah. yeah and you feel really like you've really earned your sitting down yeah nothing's better than earning a sit, a sit down exactly because today i had to like do loads of boring things like clean the bathroom and also yeah. i'm on a bit of a spending ban because of january yeah um but i'm just been a bit like stir crazy in the house all day so i thought if i put some time aside at some point to go on a nice walk which hopefully will be tomorrow if the weather's okay then i will be um happy with that yeah what good. about you nice one. what am i what's my goal what's my goal <laughs> um right well it's it's kind of um it's a classic end of jan goal um i want to because i don't get paid till thursday as i mentioned before i want to make sure i don't buy any lunches while i'm at work oh my god that's so hard yeah which is i buy my lunch be, every day it, oh do you yeah i'm quite good at like, at like having leftovers and stuff or like you know bringing in a tin of soup or whatever yeah but um I very easily get tempted to do the other thing of like going to Greg's or, um, you know, buying whatever, like a Yorkshire pudding wrap, which costs like six pounds. Whoa, it's like where delicious. did you get a Yorkshire pudding wrap from? From literally down the road, the Yorkshire pudding wrap shop opened Stop. on my road called Porky Pig. Oh my the God. one from like the Christmas markets that got famous. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then they opened the shop. It's literally so it's on like my road. It's the it's the closest place for food. Three sixty five days of Yorkshire wrap. Yeah, and it's and it is really really nice. It's like nice loads of fat meat loads of like stuffing it's <sighs> gravy it's just so perfect in the winter especially it's yeah. really nice but it costs like six quid okay so can no be doing that every, every day, day. <laughs> so um yeah my aim is to make it to next make it to payday not having bought lunch which that, should be so doable monday to thursday yeah okay yeah obviously i don't work in town on a monday so that should definitely be doable so work, three days yeah, three of days of yeah lunch. and usually it's fine because like um you should have leftovers but because we usually cook for like three people in our household it's quite hard to make enough that's both to fill you up for tea and then have enough for le- leftovers as well for yeah. everybody yeah and if there's a tiny yeah. bit left it's like you're just tempted just to eat yeah. it yeah or if there's like a bit left the rule is kind of the unspoken rule in like our uh flat is like whoever cooked it gets to take it for lunch yeah so and like i alternate with my housemate but um you never know what happens so i'm hoping that's my aim i want to make sure I take all my lunches in. And it's a small thing, but I think it's these good small, to do. These small good things to do. all add up. I'd like to really, after tomorrow, not really spend any money for the rest of the week until I get paid. Which I quite like doing. Yeah. I like setting like boundaries of not spending any money. We're going out on Thursday, so is it going to be lit when we go to the cinema? Yeah, well, that's payday. Yeah. So you're, I'm going to be wild. I'm absolutely tanning those high-wire grapefruits. Oh yeah, yeah. grapefruit. Yeah, I went out the other night and had a couple of those, and they were yeah. like six quid a uh, tiny yeah. can. But I had a I couple just... of them, mm. uh, along with ten thousand other drinks, and then was very, very hungover. Ended yeah. up in Satan's, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of that. So that's enough of that story. Yeah, well, let, let's treat ourselves on Thursday then to a grapefruit high wire okay, and kind of the great. consequences. Great. Cannot wait. Okay, so I think that about wraps it up. Um, as we said before, please follow us on all the platforms. So we're at Queer Longing on the gram. We are at Queer Longing on Twitter. Our Gmail is 
queerlonging at gmail.com and we would be really interested in hearing from you what you're longing for and living for in the coming week and last week get in touch on any of the platforms love to hear from you love to know that you're like listening and maybe next week we'll uh, read out a couple of your longings and livings. Oh my God, it'll be like um, when you watch CBBC when you're younger and then you send a letter in and they might read it out on the telly. It's going to be like that, but better. It will be that. It'll be exactly that. Or like um, Ofcom. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we will be loving you, leaving you and longing for you. Till next time. Bye. Bye.